0: Good afternoon we greet you in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ what better greeting could you get than that no better um i've really enjoyed doing this bible study it does give me purpose it it uh requires me to read the word of god and it's not that i don't do it but sometimes it's like weight watchers we need to be weighed in don't we And we have to have some accountability. And I think that that's what this leads to. Uh, We've been learning, if you have not been here, and uh, Catherine, we've not uh, had you here before. We're glad you're here. And I didn't get your name. Daniel. Daniel, Okay, Another good Bible name, so we should remember that. Am I leaving anyone else out? No. But uh, we are glad that you're here. But what we've been doing is uh, learning the do's and the don'ts of Christian living. And uh, it seems like that the writer of James, epistle of James, was wanting us to know that sometimes it's easier for us to get God's will for us right if it, he tells us you do this and you don't do that right before I left I got my mail and it said that uh, I was getting a prevention magazine and it said an article was the do's and don'ts of uh, taking care of your health and so this is what uh, James is telling us is that there are do's and don'ts to taking care of our spiritual health so we won't spiritually die And uh, I think that you come just like I do because there's, as we've mentioned it before, there is that hunger and that thirst to know God's will for our lives. Uh, Let us prepare today to um, receive what God does have for us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the many days that you have given each of us, and we thank you for that life. But we also thank you, Lord, that you've given, a spirit, given us a spiritual life, and that's knowing that we're in right relationship with you. We thank you, Lord, for forgiveness of sins. We thank you, Lord, for good health to be here today. And we thank you, Lord, that you have placed us in your body the church and that we can come together in fellowship with each other again meet with us through the presence of your holy spirit we pray in jesus name amen we're going to um let's see where we are here did y'all notice that uh, jimmy listens to you and uh, uh jimmy's he's okay isn't he He is, and uh, he has given us the, um, for some of us that did not bring a Bible, he has given us the um, scripture on the board. Now, I'm going to be reading from the um, New King James. Is that, already, you got it? That's good. And uh, I don't know what translation that you have. Any of them are fine. And uh, sometimes we compare them so that we will know the difference. Um, Kay, can you see, or did you want a Bible? Oh, you can. That's good. Okay. Just wanted to make sure you could see from where you were. And, I'm acquainted with and you're acquainted. Okay. You can help us out then. No, we're going to uh, this. Lesson's a little different. Some of you may already know, but uh, Jimmy and uh, Pastor Will decided that this class or the sessions in this class needed to go out to more people. So uh, we're also doing a podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm moving up. I'm on a podcast. Is that next? uh, What was it? Paul Harvey That did something like that. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's why we will not be asking as much uh, questions or for you to answer or discussion because there's just one mic. And uh, so just informing you about what is going on. Again, uh, the epistle of James, our reading started in chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful, forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what? He does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. It's as far as we will read right now, hopefully we will get uh, even as far as to verse nine of chapter two, because we have several things that we want to cover today that we find recorded in the end of this last of uh, the first chapter. Um, I don't know about you, but I just love. Uh, this epistle because James uses illustrations. Some of us just don't learn the first time. You've got to give us an uh, illustration or something that we can compare what we're being told to till we get the message. And this one I really understood the first one here that he's using in the passage of scripture that we've read when he speaks of a, uh, it, it starts with Uh, verse 23 and he's speaking about a man who observed his natural face now natural face I mean he was a brave man when I observe my natural face I think natural is what you're getting today Uh, you have to be brave but anyway he observed his natural face in a mirror he goes away and immediately he forgets what kind of man he was. We look at a mirror because we want to uh, see what we look like. Can you see yourself if you don't use a mirror? No. You know I just figured that out in the last few days. That you cannot see yourself or what you look like unless or what I look like unless I have a mirror. And. um I don't know if I can say this or not, but I guess I can. But I can remember when you had to make sure, ladies, that you had one in your home because you couldn't see whether you slept with Sheldon or not. You know, you had to have one of those long ones. But that is uh, not even a problem for most people now. Probably most of y'all, it's not. It still is for me. (laughs) But anyway, we cannot see ourselves and what we look like Uh, unless we look in a mirror, but another thing, we cannot see who we are. Other Other people can see what we look like, and we can if we look in a mirror, but only God can tell what we look like on the inside, not even a doctor. It's who we are inside that counts, but this man, again, he's like me in one way, said that he just uh, saw himself in the mirror and then he just took off and forgot what you saw. I can take my insulin sometimes now, and some of you have told me this morning you're on insulin, and it doesn't take uh, three minutes. I can get up and walk away and I think, did I take my insulin or not? You know? But it happens. This man was not concerned enough, evidently, with what he was seeing, that he paid enough attention to it to even remember and think it was important. As it goes on, he tells, uh, James does, that there was someone else, another man. He looks into the perfect law of liberty, which is God's word, and continues in it. And is not a forgetful hearer. Now what James is trying to do here is say that when we study God's Word just like we're doing in here we don't need to take off from home come down here get dressed up come down here and spend an hour and then leave and go home and not know a thing that was said or read or that the Holy Spirit revealed to you. In other words we can become hearers of the word (laughs) and not doers. Because with the word of God, there also comes responsibility. The responsibility of seeing what God is revealing to us that we need to do is done. You agree? Right. So what James is saying that we need to be hearers of the word, and doers of the word. And uh, so I think that that is explaining to us just how important God's word is. It's uh, important enough that we listen to it, study it, and it's important enough for us to have the spiritual lives that we should have, lives that are pleasing to God, in right relationship with Him, that we not only spend time studying, but we also spend time, or we know, that's important enough to remember. One way to remember something is to, and I need to practice this myself, but is to tell it to someone else. After we review it a time or two, then we find out that We don't forget it as easily and how good that would be with the word of God. He says, um, if anyone among you thinks he's religious, and and here's the tongue again, and bridle not his tongue. Did you know that James mentions in four out of the five chapters that he writes in this epistle uh, something about the tongue? and the problems we can get into with not controlling our tongues. And so he takes this opportunity, to squeeze one more verse in there. And he said, if you think you're religious, religious, but you don't control your tongue and what you say, you're only deceiving yourself and your religion is useless. I've heard many people say over the years, you know, religion's not the important thing. But whether we know God and have a relationship with him is, which is true. Uh, I know Pastor Will has told me that there's times that he is asked, does he have good religion or not? And so we could ask ourselves this today and ask each other, um, do we have good religion? So what that's implying is there's some religion that's bad, right? Some of it don't mean anything. There are people who um, go to worship often. There's people who give of the way that God has blessed them to finance the church. There are people who do this, and that's good, and visit the sick, and all this, but that still does not say that we are in a right relationship with God. And we'll find out later that what James is doing in this epistle is he's saying you can't work your way in. You can't work your way in, but um, you also uh, are to work. And work is the result of knowing Jesus Christ um i just um I could, when i show you this page you will understand why i really don't know what i'm doing and uh but anyway there were some things that i wrote down that i did not uh want to forget one of them is when he speaks here of the second man and uh he is a doer of the work after he has um uh Inquired about the uh, was it say the scripture of or the liberty the what um, yeah he look, he looks into the law of liberty the law of liberty um, would be um, even somewhere where i've read it talks about too that when we think about the law. We think also about uh, the greatest commandment and then where it speaks to that we are uh, to love one another and we're to love others as we love ourselves. You know, if we did that, uh, our tongue would be under control. If we did that, then all the other things that we're supposed to be doing would come together. So that's why it is considered just the commandment that we need to go by. It's all about love. It said the man, the second one, heard the word. He remembered the word. He didn't forget it. And then the result was he was blessed, which means made happy. If we're going to live a happy life, then we need to be Uh, looking into the Word of God seeing where we can uh, please him and then by pleasing him then we are given uh, the things that we need to make us happy. Um, It says that if we think we have religion or some people do Then they're only deceiving themselves. A lot of people have been deceived. They've almost talked themselves into certain things that everything's right with them, and yet they find out that um, what they're depending upon is not solid. He goes on, and in that last verse, he he describes what uh, gives us a definition for good religion. Here he says, pure religion before God and the Father is to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. One translation said to keep yourself unstained from the world. Well, Maybe I look at this a little different. I think that I'd rather be unstained than unspotted. Now, I don't know about that. Because, see, you can get a spot on something, never get it out. But if you got a stain on it, then you can go get you some stain remover, right? And hopefully get it out. But it says we are to keep ourselves unspotted. In other words, we're not supposed to do things that God does not want us to do, those things that bring us down. And again, we, uh, the result would be that we would care for others and we would be out visiting orphans and widows in their trouble. When we visit somebody in their trouble, that also means we're helping them out. You're just not going or just not calling them on the phone. or sometimes that's what they want is a call. When I used to deliver uh, for one of the churches something at Christmas, I found out that many of the shut-ins or the homebound would take um, what I would give them and they would thank you and set it back over here somewhere and never look at it again. Because what they were more interested in was the fact that you came to see them. Betty, you do a lot of that, so you know what that is. It's that visit. It's saying that you actually care for someone else. And is that not what a Christian does? We care for other people, and not only do we care about them, but we do something about it. See, James is trying to tell through the whole epistle, that there should be results for the way that we live or we say we live. There should be actions. Again, we should be doers of the word. Okay, as we go to chapter two, we find out that we're going into a whole different study or a topic. And um, the, you want to join us for Bible study? I didn't hear you. Okay, Jimmy's busy right now. He won't be able to see you till this is over. Okay, good. You know, in chapter 2. Uh, Again, let's just read verse 1 through 13, or we may read down about half of this. James writes, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. If you look at another translation, you will find out that sometimes what is used there is respect of persons. But we usually think about it as somebody being partial to someone else. But it said, my brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings. We're starting another illustration here. Have you already picked up on that? And it says, or James says, he he has gold rings. That's what's noticeable about him. I read somewhere this week where it said in the time in which this was written that a lot of people wore, they didn't wear rings on their middle finger, but they wore two or three rings on all the other fingers. So evidently if you wore a lot of gold rings, that let everyone know that or made them think that you were a person of means. Let's see what else he said about him. He said, for if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings, in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes. Don't you like the churches that have advertised lately and say, come as you are? I don't know if we still do it here, but I remember at one time the only thing that was ever said to anyone when they came through those doors if they had a t-shirt on with obscene language on it they were given another t-shirt. Is that still the rule? Or it doesn't happen? I, I, I okay, I haven't either. Maybe we just don't have that problem anymore. But as far as I know, no one ever had to, uh, were sent away because of what they have had on or what they were wearing or how wealthy they may be or how they may not have anything. The thing that comes to me the most when I'm in worship on Saturday morning is that I am able to worship with God's children. And as I look out, and uh, Pastor Wheel and I have talked about this, there is so much diversity at this time. You know, you think, well, the kingdom of God's come together, you know, because everybody looks different. Uh, we have people that are educated, that are highly educated that come here. We have people who are like me, may be limited. We have uh, desire more. There are, I mean, there is such a difference You know that. But isn't it wonderful? Does that not attract us to even being here? That gives us freedom. Because we know that God created every one of us. And as I've said, he's our father. And we are his brothers and sisters. One of the churches I pastored had ten different denominations in it. And I love that. (laughs) I mean we didn't find things to argue about. We just didn't go there. We did love each other and we had experienced God's forgiving grace and we were committed to him and again that's all that mattered. That's the way it should be, too much division, too much division. He goes on in verse 3, and he says, And you pay attention to the one wearing of the fine clothes, and say to him, You sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, You stand there. Or sit here at my footstool. In other words, you sit beneath me. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Another thing that I had not thought about till I read the scripture is that if you cannot... If you are judging someone by their outward appearance, you cannot see what's in their heart. Only God can. We've already mentioned that. But this means that in this case with what happened, you are judging people by their outward appearance. And We're not supposed to judge, are we? If we, say, if we assume that that person has a lot of money and they're supposed to be up here somewhere and somebody else is beneath them and that's where you, we want to have them sit when they come with us, then that means that we are distinguishing between the two. In order to do that, we have to judge them to whether we think they're right or they're wrong. It said in verse 4, have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? We have someone come to where we are and we look at them and they may look a little different from us. And all of a sudden we start thinking this or that. We're judging that individual by their outward appearance. Not by their heart, because we don't know it. I'm glad that it's God that judges me, not someone else. I have said many times, it's a lot easier to please him than it is other people, and it is. He says, have you not shown partiality Among yourselves. I was given partiality a definition. I can find it. Um, Well, I know what it is anyway. But partiality is showing one person more attention or giving favor to than another that almost sounds like Webster instead of me don't it? but partiality is when we're really looking at probably two or more people and all of a sudden we decide to favor one of them above the others some of you have probably experienced that when it comes to your family that's a sad place to say it happens But I've heard that story so many times that mom and dad left so-and-so more than they left me. They're partial. My sister always said she uh, was not, uh, that dad was partial to me. We hear it a lot with siblings. But in the kingdom of God, that doesn't happen because God is not partial toward any of us. No matter what we do, he still loves us, and he loves each and every one of us the same. I was asked a question one time when I was getting ready to take the second church. I had one and was gonna take the second one, and the question was, is it possible for you to love both of those churches the same? It was Elm Springs. Where Betty was the second one I'd been at the other church for about six years and Then they were gonna put me with the other church too. And they said I said I've thought about that And I know the answer. It's the same way when a mother gives birth to her second child Does she love that second child as much as she did the first or can she and she can And you pray that it is that way, because there should not be any partiality in the kingdom of God, because God doesn't allow it. Um, Again, that's the illustration that he uses, and I want to give you a live illustration that I witnessed. I was in a church one time, and the pastor was at the door and uh, greeting everyone, and This family came in, about four of the rowdiest children you've ever seen, so you knew right off they'd never been in church. And instead of being excited that this family had started the church, and especially because of the children, uh, it seemed that people were not that excited that they were going to be coming there. Right, And so the pastor was talking to them, and... uh, thanking them or greeting them and about that time the woman that owned the property where this family lived showed up. The pastor walks away and decides he needs to talk to her because she has just given a sizable amount to the church. Is that showing partiality? It sure is. And that's not right as far as God is concerned. I'm sure that when he was looking that day, that he had to know that there were two different families, one being welcomed and one not be. And he was uh, very much disapproved of that. That should never happen in our lives, never. I've got that tone voice today that may put everybody to sleep. You know, you get it sometimes. Is it monotone? That's right, Betty. Did you wake up to tell me that? Okay. (laughs) But I can tell it myself. And, uh, but um, anyway, there's one more subject. Uh, We've talked about that we are doers of the word, not hearers only. We've talked about uh, how God does not approve of uh, partiality in church. And uh, even in the uh, papers, it says, show, uh, what I'd written down, it says, showing partiality is a sin. And according to the Word of God, it is. Because we are to treat all people alike. The um, In my other life, I was a head cashier for two different companies, and I remember when I got ready to retire from that, one of them said, well, we want to tell you that you've been a good head cashier, and you have treated us all the same. Oh, I took pride in that. I never would even go out to eat with one of them because I didn't want the other to say, or one of the others to say, well, you know, their buddy. Her schedule's better than mine. But that day when they said, you have all treated us the same, another one spoke up and very loudly said, you have treated us the same you have treated us all like dirt. You know, that can bring you down pretty fast too. So it depends on what your partiality is. I think they were just laughing. I don't think they really meant it. I hope they didn't anyway, but, uh, that was just their way of dealing with it. Okay. Um, we're going to, we've already gone to part of chapter two. So let's read on. Um, Verse 5, listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme? that noble name by which you are called. You know the name they're called by, Christians. If you really fulfill the royal law, now the royal law is God's law. It's the law of the king. And who is the king? Royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convinced by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. This verse has been quoted by many people, and I've quoted it many times, and my husband always disagreed with my interpretation of it. To me, I see it that a person that breaks God's law, they willfully sin, that they are as accountable to God as someone else that's a mass murderer. Of course, my husband always said he thought that payment day for some of them that had uh, like Charles Manson and different ones would be so much worse than it would be for somebody that uh, did something that maybe we did not consider as great a sin. But it does say that whosoever keeps the whole law, that means doesn't do anything wrong, except stumble in one point, and you're guilty of the whole thing. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. Nor if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. A lot of this we understand when we read it. Uh, I wanted to go into another area because I think that when we talked about partiality, and again, the definition that I gave was that it's um, when we treat one person as if they're greater than another. In other words, you're doing somebody a favor. You're lifting them up but there's somewhere else i think we need to go because i believe the opposite of partiality showing that you're partial to someone is discrimination many times i have said that i have three things that i don't like i may have said before that i hate but i don't know if that's a little strong word right now or not but anyway number one is uh, snakes number one answer and y'all are supposed to say good answer good answer this is family family time number two discrimination and number three church trouble and over the years I still put them in that same order and I still name those same three it's not that I haven't updated my list it's just that I don't see a need to because these are still the things that bother me. All of them cause harm. Maybe. Pastor wheel takes up for snakes sometimes. You just have to know what kind of snake it is. Right. I read one time that, uh, when a snake sheds its skin, that's just so it can become a bigger snake. Well, that's not helping me any. You know, I don't care what kind it is. But I believe that all three will cause terrible hurt. That is, if the snake wants to. Now, I think discrimination in church trouble always does. But as far as the snake, I'm, I'm giving them a little benefit, only because there would probably be some opposition in here if I came too hard on them. Because everybody tells me some of them are okay. And this is the definition that I give to discrimination. Remember the one for uh, partiality is that you treat someone better than another. But for discrimination, it's uh, when you think that someone else, you treat them less because you believe they are less than you. You look upon someone else and you see yourself here and you see them at a lower place. And some of the things that may cause that would be education, gender, race, national, national. See, I can't do over three (laughs) syllables at a time. Thank you, nationality. Uh, lifestyle handicaps financial state and I don't know how I forgot this one. I just added it uh, when I got up this morning age do you think I could be getting to that place that again we realize that sometimes we are discriminated against even because of our age when someone thinks we're too old to do a certain thing I know what discrimination is and I usually don't talk about this, but whenever you or I have been in a place when I was made to believe that I was less than someone else, I was discriminated against. And that has happened, uh, it happened big time when I first went into the ministry. Not everyone believes that women are to be in the pulpit. They uh, interpret scripture differently. I remember one time when I was called that I would no longer be on a funeral with another pastor because he would not allow me to be behind the pulpit. And this was in the funeral home and in his church. That I could see it with the, um, family and I could get up where I was and stand up and say what I wanted to when the time came. I was told at one time that, um, the preacher did not, the other preacher did not want me on the funeral at all and he kept calling and harassing the family. And so finally the family member said, well, this is what we're going to do. You will have the funeral and she will do the graveside. Now, what bothered me about that? Here is a family that has lost their loved one. And two pastors that are arguing about how they're going to handle that. That hurts. Discrimination of any kind hurts because in the kingdom of God, there's no discrimination. No one should feel for any reason, whether it's how much money you got or whatever down the list, you should not feel that you are less than someone else. And I don't think we have that here. You know, um, God loves us all; we're all his children, and somebody should say, "Amen, amen. did you um anyone want to add to anything that's been said?